0: Happy hump day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and two of our colleagues from Your Story Travel Company, Miranda and Sarah. This is episode 516, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Today we'll be sharing some rumors and news and then we'll be sharing our favorite attractions
1: in each park at Disneyland or Disney World. And this episode is brought to you by Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to reschedule or book a trip, please reach out to one of our agents. We would be glad to help. Email them today at info at yourstorytravel.com or visit their site at yourstorytravel.com for your free quote.
0: relax, and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go! Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your day. So, Sarah, you mentioned that you had, um, and hi, Miranda and Sarah and Stephanie, because I haven't <laughs> seen Stephanie since Friday. You mentioned you had something, so I was going to let you actually kick off. You had a new story, that, or at least one, that you wanted to share, a couple.
2: Sure. Um, so, the big thing that I saw came out, there was a, a message from Pamela Heimel the Disney parks chief medical officer. And there was a video that they sent out about what to look forward to when the Disney parks are reopening. And basically it's the same thing that you're hearing about everything else. It's a phased reopening of certain locations, Some places, retail and dining locations might open prior to theme parks. We've seen that with um, Disney Springs, physical distancing guidelines, enhanced screening procedures. But the big thing that stood out to me is that she is quoted here as saying, We are also exploring ways to use technology to aid us in these efforts, like with our Play Disney Parks app and through virtual queues at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how they do this with, I know um, Universal has mentioned virtual queues more often for their headliner attractions. And I'm just really interested to see how Disney World would do the same thing with more than just Rise of the Resistance. You know, what are we going to see in place that helps people keep their spatial distance and still enjoy everything?
1: Yeah, I do agree that it will be different, but I think it's good. I mean, they they have so much technology already that they, they're just more advanced than you know, say like the Six Flags and, you know, different different parks. So Disney's just kind of on top of a lot of that. So I think that they have the opportunity to, to do a lot with virtual queues and whatnot. I don't know. My fingers are crossed that they will do it, but they'll do it well because Universal's one step ahead of them with their reopening. And I hope that that's because Disney has a different plan and they're going to try and implement things a little differently.
2: Yeah. I think also, plan. yeah, Disney is so much larger than Universal. Yes. Um, so there's a lot more to contend with and a lot a lot of different factors that they're going to
0: have to figure out along the way. So I know they said Universal Florida, but did anybody read, because I didn't look for this, because I've been to Universal California. Do we know if that one's open? I've
1: heard nothing about the one in California.
0: Okay, because I know that the lady that I talked to usually goes to Disneyland and she was saying that the reason she decided to go to Disney World is because it didn't sound like Disneyland was going to open up as soon as Disney World, which I guess I didn't really ever think about.
1: Yeah, they're on a delay. The latest that came out was that they're looking at July as the earliest and that's not been confirmed. They don't have anything put in place yet. It was just a ballpark of like, we'll start looking
0: at it in July kind of thing. Okay. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Miranda, you had a story. Did you want to do your story before we get started? Sure,
1: yeah. So, um, talking about Disneyland, um, they are looking at building a new DVC tower, which is Disney Vacation Club. They confirmed that this will have no release in relation to the planned downtown Disney hotel that went awry, um, but this is set to open in 2023. It's a new uh, Disney Vacation Club tower. Construction is estimated to take about three to four years, which could obviously get pushed back with all the COVID stuff. Um, it's supposed to be a 280,000 square foot timeshare tower. They keep emphasizing this tower, tower, tower. Um, it's supposed to have 10 expansive Grand Villa rooftop balconies, uh, multi-level sections. They talk Talked about a Mickey pool and they were discussing the precautions that they're going to be taking in order to not disturb the area around them. So um, where was it? I wrote it down here. They're putting up a sound wall uh, west of the pool to dampen the noise for the Walnut Street residents where this is going to be put up. In the model they had a lot of trees around it too so it was kind of hard to to see so they're kind of blocking it off from the rest of the world. They got some gardens planned. It looks really cool the way they're layering it so if you're facing Walnut Street in in the um, diagram that they were showing it's kind of leveling up like almost like a staircase so that it's not this huge oh. building so it's pushed back a little bit it should be cool there's not a ton of other information on it just new uh hotel space and i don't think there's a lot disney vacation club wise in disneyland yet so this this will be a fun new addition and a new place to stay for people who want to
0: venture out to the west coast so the only thing that that scares me about building towers in California is earthquakes. Any earthquake that's ever been in California never really affected Disneyland. I understand why we do towers. Well, I do understand and I don't why we do them in Florida. We have plenty of land in Florida, but we we build these towers and then we can sell these rooms for more money so that they can see the fireworks and they can see the parks from their room depending on where their room is. I, I understand the, that with that, but with Disneyland, it sounds amazing. I'm anxious to see pictures of that, but I'm a little nervous for
2: earthquakes. I'm sure they're all sorts of building codes and things that go into any type of building in an in a, um, earthquake-prone location. I bet they keep all that in mind when <laughs> engineering and designing
1: these buildings. So, Vicki, I just pulled up, um, I mean, I just Googled, has an earthquake ever affected Disneyland? And the <laughs> yeah. first thing that, that pulled up says, a 6.9 magnitude earthquake that struck Southern California a day after a 4th of July forced a temporary closure of more than 30 attractions at Disneyland um, and Disney California Adventure. Most of the rides that were back up and running in less than an hour after the earthquake. So I think Whoa. it just kind of closed them down. It didn't actually do damage, but they had to kind of check to make sure everything was was good to go and was safe, and it was. Okay, well, there we go. And that was something. in 2019.
0: You learn something new every day. Steph, do you have something?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I was just gonna talk a little bit more about um, you know, what everybody's talking about, the closures and the things that are being opened. First of all, this is just something funny that uh, Your Story Travel Company, all of our agents have been doing. We've been kind of pooling on when we think the opening date of Disney will be. So just mine, Um, And this has been an ongoing for a while. What is everybody's date on here?
0: What are our guesses? I I think it'll be at least July 1st.
1: I think July 1st. I'm optimistic about June only because the precautions that they're putting in place, they've kind of sampled this in Shanghai. And I feel like in regards to the virtual queue, like you were mentioning earlier, um, it's so easy to like just install that into your magic bands and the systems that they already have. So I'm, I'm hopeful that Disney is able to push forward and open some hopefully my estimate would probably be like June 15th June 20th well mine has always been July 1st but more recently I'm kind of starting to think now that Universal is open my thought is that maybe Disney is going to be close behind and how quick I saw Universal say that they're gonna I mean it's they're gonna be open like what is that like another week that's like week a week and a half Friday. A week right on Friday. Yeah. yeah so like in another week and a half they announced it and then at two weeks from the from the night they announced that they're going to be open. So I kind of thought when they announced it, they would have more of a gap of time, That that didn't happen with Universal. So that's kind of where I'm shifting and thinking maybe it could be before that. Um, but the rumor has it right now, according to themeparktourists.com, they're saying that They kind of expect that Disney will be releasing their date next week. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be a two-week turnaround time, just like Universal's was, but they do think that Disney will at least kind of give an update on this is um, what date we're going to shoot for, and they're going to have that same kind of conversation with Florida's governor and their whole team as well. So we'll see if that comes true or not, but who knows, Miranda? Maybe maybe your guess
0: could be more correct than ours. We shall see. She's trying to do half Glass half full, which is good. and goes along right. with one of my yeah. stories later. But while we're on the Corona stuff, I was going to continue on with that. So we know that Disney Springs opened and we knew about all the things they were going to have, which temperature checks, hand washing stations and the six foot social distancing. The biggest things that they said they saw, this was by the laughing place. I was trying to quote where it came from. Said that inside and outside the restaurants were different. So Disney did a good job of like taping off. I'm sure you've seen in grocery stores and stuff every six feet. They, I guess, did not expect as many people as actually showed up. So they had somebody there like waiting in the wings or whatever to, if that happened and they went out there, they took a picture of a lady with her measuring tape, measuring out six feet, putting another um, tape of X and then keep going and going. Obviously, if you're a couple or something going, you got to stand on the same X. They said that Chicken Guy and Blaze Pizza were great. Their tables were already spaced six feet apart. So if you guys have not been to Chicken Guy or Blaze Pizza, Blaze Pizza doesn't have that much. I was trying to think how they did that, but because they're on that deck in that newer part of Disney Springs and I didn't think they had that much space, but I guess they did. And then Earl of Sandwich and Blaze always have refills on their drinks, but it's always been the customer is able to go refill their drinks. And so instead they have a cast member there and they take the old cup from them and they fill a new cup. They throw their old cup away, which I feel bad because that feels like we're wasting a lot of cups. But I mean, I understand the purpose in it. We don't want germs to get onto the soda machine just in case. Another thing that they noticed, especially in Wolfgang Puck's bar and grill is that they now have paper menus. The menus have been condensed, so it's not as many things and they can meet the needs of the customers that are in there. And then once they order those paper menus are put in the trash can. Which I think we all kind of thought about or maybe even talked about in weeks earlier. I can't remember exactly what we all talked about, but I feel like we did talk about how the menus are not gonna be. I know one restaurant here locally keeps wiping wiping them down with bleach water, but I still feel like some germs could maybe get on them. I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Huh?
1: I think that everything that they're doing to make sure things are safe, like. They are taking a lot of steps to keep everything as safe as they can with reopening things. And I saw pictures. I don't know if you guys looked at any of the pictures, but it looked like everyone was doing a really good job at staying distant from one another. And it wasn't too overcrowded, even though there was a good turnout of people. It still didn't seem obnoxious. Now, I know Missouri got some some heat. (laughs) We did not do a good job at Lake of the Ozarks. So I'm really glad to see that. Disney with being way larger, um, that
0: they did a good job. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that on your local news, because it made nationwide news. It looked like Panama City, Florida at spring break time at the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, and like the young people, yeah, they were just like salmon. It was just And it wasn't even just young people, you know, it wasn't just 20-something
1: year olds. Right. There, There was a wide variety of ages, obviously all over 21, but it was so packed, and there's a sign hanging that says like, yeah. "Keep six social distance, six feet apart." It was it was awful and embarrassing. I feel like wow. Disney's
0: gonna be on that more. Like I think that the lake. Was hurting so badly that they were just so excited that all those people came because it is a big city. It's like two hours from us. So it's somewhere that a lot of people are used to going. I thought what people were doing, which this is my night na- uh, being naive, I guess, that people were just going to go there and be happy they were in a different location and just stay in their location. Right. Crazy. No, they actually had all the pools and everything open for people to come to, which I don't, I think Disney's going to be more cautionary than that.
1: I kind of thought maybe they were supposed to limit the amount of people that came into the bars also. Like, there should have been some sort of, of limit. But I think you're right with the whole, like, the Ozarks, they rely on just that summer crew. Because they, if you go to the lake during the winter, there's nobody there. So at least Disney, like, it's a year-round thing where the lake is, this is their only time. So maybe that's why they did it. But it was, it was pretty, pretty embarrassing <laughs> to say the least. <laughs>
0: Yeah, my husband's like, Did you know that made nationwide news? And I'm like, Does not surprise me. Embarrasses me, but doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So-
2: Unfortunately or fortunately, I think it all boils down to the people that are coming to these places, whether it be Lake of the Ozarks or my neighborhood pool here in North Carolina that opened this past weekend for the first time or Disney World. Um, it's up to the people that are coming to practice social distancing and take the responsibility. Um, I think, you know, the restaurants, the pools, the resorts, they'll have the practices in place, but we all have to be responsible and, you know, take care of ourselves and take care of our neighbors at the same time.
0: It's just sad. Is it the same way where you are, Miranda? Or do you guys have a pool, any pools open where you are? No, I mean, everything is, is still
1: closed. Our rec centers aren't even allowed to open. Like, even my studio, like my two kids that I have, I'm not allowed to go in and teach yet. So they're still being really cautious around here. So
0: will they let you teach via, like, Zoom or whatever? Or... Oh,
1: yeah. No, we've been teaching digitally, but I'm, okay. I'm still not even allowed to enter the building, even though there's just the three of us. Wow.
2: Well, I,
0: I should mean, say, I think...
2: Oh, sorry. I should say that our pool opened but it was, we have around 300 families that are members of the pool and it was limited. They provide time slots throughout the day and only 80 people can be there during a time slot and only 59 people can be in the water at one time. And they've separated all the pool chairs and tables so they're in groups of three or four, so you can't be close to other people and they make all the kids wait six feet apart to get on the diving board and all that kind of stuff. So good practices in place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does sound like there are.
1: Um, This just kind of goes right along with what we were just saying, Um, so it's kind of just an extension of things being open. But Universal also released this past week that they are going to have some secret shoppers who will be walking around making sure that all um, all of the things they said would be in place, would be in place. So I wonder if that will also happen at Disney as well. Um, but, yeah, they will, they will definitely have people out patrolling, making sure that, you know, the, the. well, I guess they don't call them cast members at Universal, but, you know, making sure that everybody has their masks on and somebody will come and tell you if, if you need to put your mask back on or that you are in the right spot as well.
0: Sure. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you guys. Transportation. I don't know what it is when you guys are there, but when I'm at Christmas, the buses are usually packed. How are they going to deal with that? Oh, good question. <gasps> good question. I was like, might be waiting longer for a bus. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, are they going to count off and tell them to sit every other person? I was thinking of that today, and I think it's the CDC for everybody. I don't think that it's just a local, I think it's the government CDC is saying, for those of us that teach school, one of the things they're suggesting is one kid to a seat, every other seat. Well, I don't know how it is at your, you guys' area schools, but here at our school, one of our buses has three kids in a seat. Right. I don't know how, we don't have enough buses to take, that would be like three loads of kids, or maybe four, depending, and it's crazy, so I was thinking about that today, about how will that work for Disney with the monorail and the ferry boats, everything is going to have to be different, and I don't know, um, this is not really about Disney, but it has to do about social distancing, so um, one of the things is we need to be six feet apart, so there were ten of us in the hall, Stephanie, and you know how big our building is, so We just stretched ourselves out six uh, squares apart, and it was the whole length of the hall. So that means our classes are never gonna be on, the whole class can't be on the same hallway ever in our building, the way that it's set up, to be six feet apart. So our kids will be like on a hallway and a half, like because we have 23, so I know 10 filled up the whole hallway. I'm just thinking this through, yeah. and what it's gonna look like at a theme park, and what it's gonna look like everywhere. It was kind of crazy, but just definitely something to think about. Sarah, did you have something you want to share? Sure,
2: I've got some um, non-virus related happy things to mention. Yeah, yeah. All right, so first off, if you're um, looking for a little bit more Memorial Day action, if you've ever been to the american pavilion at epcot you might have heard the voices of liberty and they have shared an at-home performance of america the beautiful in honor of memorial day and you can find this on the disney parks blog or probably on youtube as well and it's gorgeous i don't know how they sing like that when they're not together it is beyond me um but something you could definitely enjoy And then one other thing that you could do at home, um, the Cooking Up the Magic at Home series, which is is also available on the Disney Parks blog, um, released the recipe for tachos from Woody's Lunchbox at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You can go there to find the recipe. And if this sounds interesting to you, it sounds like something maybe kids would really enjoy, but it's potato barrels coated with beef and bean chili gooey queso and crunchy corn chip, finished with sour cream and a sprinkle of green onions. So that could be um, a treat to share with your family that might help you remember Toy Story Land. <laughs> I'm all for
1: that, that's not just kid-friendly. That is me-friendly right there. <laughs> I'll take some tachos.
2: we will so find it on Disney Parks Blog, Stephanie.
0: that's where it is okay because i was gonna say i can throw that up on the mousecapades thing for um the listeners to do absolutely um i actually listened to that today we listened to it at lunch the voices of liberty like what is this because you know we're trying to engulf her a little at a time because she really doesn't have any idea of what you know why we love it so much and now i think she's starting to see we're showing her music we're showing her shows we're you know showing her little pieces at a little at a time so she'll get more excited about going and she was like wow they work there miranda did you have anything else news wise I- I got a
1: quick thing to offer, um, Plus, they have a new series called Zenimation, which is a compilation of a bunch of, um, different Disney cartoons, and they have themes to them. So, like, the first one was water, and it showed scenes from Moana and Little Mermaid, it was no talking, it was just, like, the sounds of the water, and, like, the sounds of the
0: wind, it was really cool. I need to watch that! Yeah, it's cool! Did it just come out this week? Yep, a -a 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 few days ago. Okay, okay, that's why. Because I was on there the other day looking to see what was new to try to find. I'm still hoping Kristen Bell's going to get season two of uh, Encore. I'm holding on for that.
1: Um, Oh, I have an article here on what do you think the first thing to sell out at Disney World will be when they reopen? And they gave like a list of things they think will be selling out. But I thought it might be fun if anybody wants to offer what you guys also think what might sell out first at Disney World. Anybody have any, mm-hmm. like... Are these souvenirs or food or both? Anything. Anything, anything
2: at all. Uh, I'm gonna go egg rolls. Egg the rolls? egg roll cart. The wagon cart close or to the entrance to Adventureland. Can't get enough of those things. <laughs> all right. Miranda.
1: Uh, let's say Mickey bars. I feel like those are gonna go
0: fast. <laughs> Do you have Mickey those at your grocery store? Yep. Yeah, because that's what somebody put on the news, and I thought that was interesting. You could buy these, but now you can buy them at the grocery store. Somebody had it on the news the other day. I heard, I saw that. It's, it's not the same though. No, I know. They're I know.
1: smaller. They're little. Um, churros, churros. I was thinking, um, dulce, <laughs> like the line for dulce. No. <laughs> I know, but still, same thing. Not the same because they have the recipe for churros too.
0: This is true. This is true.
1: Um, so some of the things that were listed, um, this was Disney Food Blog had asked their um, their subscribers what they think would be selling out and things were listed like um, park tickets first of all because with park tickets being a, well not everybody gets in so The space will be limited, so that's definitely going to sell out. They actually said as well, which kind of made me nervous and made me think, I need to get on this because I haven't booked my Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween
0: ticket. Me too.
1: You haven't? No, I thought of that the other day. Yeah, so that's one of the things on their list, like first on their list, is they think that will sell out because as soon as they open, people will be like, oh, I need to go, and you know what better time to go than at an event that is already at a, such a low com- capacity. So they think people will be more comfortable going to an event like that. Okay. Uh, so they think that will sell out. And another one that I thought was with neat, and I um, it kind of got me thinking that I think Disney. I hope they they go ahead and do a little more with this. But they said any dated collectibles. So anything that says 2020, because this is going to be a huge year to remember for Disney because Disney was shut down for a big portion of the year. So I kind of hope that Disney even put something out like a, a shirt or something about the closure and how thing, or a, an ornament, I don't know, but just kind of. they don't, about- I
2: bet you'll find one on Etsy. Yeah, I was
0: going to say.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. There's our, there's plenty on Etsy, but I think anything that's, that says 2020 on it will definitely go quick. Um, but yes, they also said Dole Whip and the Mickey Premium Bars, popcorn and the bucket.
0: So It doesn't seem like they ever run out. Yeah, they should right. make a quarantine bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they could make money off of that. They make it look like a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because toilet paper is still hard to come by. What is up with that? You guys probably know from many of Ep- many of the episodes I love Pollyanna the movie and I think I even when we talked about one of our what our favorite movies were that is probably one of my favorites just because I love how positive she is. This was the 60th anniversary of Pollyanna this week and Leonard Maltin from the D23 interviewed Hayley Mills about her time filming um, Pollyanna and what it was like to work with Walt himself, which I thought was really cool. She talked about how she first met him at a hotel and she had brought a brand new puppy with her and how Walt played with her with her puppy and what a memory that was for her. And I, it just made me smile to think about it. Actually, it made me shed a little bit of a tear because I was like, imagining this grown man just playing with this child with the brand new puppy. She said that he was just a joy to work with and that her favorite part about Pollyanna is that she looked at the best parts of her life. The glass was always half full mindset. Like Miranda, Um, (laughs) Walt had, already passed by the time that she had recorded, or excuse me, made Parent Trap 2 and Parent Trap 3. And she was saying how different the atmosphere was because he was always on the set with Pollyanna and Parent Trap that she was a part of. And then he wasn't there and there were no higher ups there. It was just, I guess, whatever crew that you need to do a movie. I've never really shot a movie, so I don't know. But she received the Disney Legends Award and she said that it meant a lot to her because Disney means a lot and Walt means a lot. Her years working with Disney were wonderful and it represents her formative years of life and it's deeply embedded inside of her heart. She said she was fortunate to have this start with the wonderful man and his wonderful studio and the fact that Disney as an organization is tremendously loyal to anyone who has ever worked for them. They don't forget you. I really admire that and appreciate that about them. Walt used to say, he told me once, he said, I want to make films that show people the best in themselves. So when you go to the cinema and you see a Disney film, you'll feel better about yourself, your own human condition. So it's a great privilege for me to have that association with him, that wonderful man, the studio, and the Disney Legend Award is a symbol of all of that. I've always loved her and I don't know if any of you guys watched Saved by the Bell when she was Miss Bliss. I guess because my mom probably just showed me those movies. I just always thought she was the perfect person like you always wanted to be like her. There, it was a lot much longer article. I kind of condensed it but she was talking about how he felt sorry for her and Walt was helping her and realize how hot she was because I didn't realize she wore a wig in that movie. He was checking on her because she kept itching her head and it was hot outside where they were shooting and he was watching over her like the dad that he was to everybody I feel like that's so sweet I know a good story good job Vicky <laughs> well no I just I was like Nick's gonna die and then he said I can't be there tonight and I was like oh Nick's gonna be happy he missed that because he always makes fun of me for my Pollyanna stories I don't think he's ever seen the movie I think if you watch it with an open mind and think of it from back in the time or actually we watched it during the pandemic and thought um how, what a cool movie that was and how one person can change a town it's pretty Pretty amazing
1: so we are going to touch on some Disney history Vicki
0: why don't you take us back here we go we're traveling backwards in time right now we're leaving the world of today behind so if your imagination is ready here we go on May 25th 1986 it was the last day that the Epcot guests would hear the original narration of Spaceship Earth the narration would be replaced by Walter Cronkite. Uh, Cronkite. I can't say his name, which is interesting because I don't know if you got interesting things, what my family talks about, but my family just talked about this this week because we have that little clip that we always play on the podcast and it's Walt Disney doing it. But when you go to the park, it's not Walt Disney in Spaceship Earth. And now Spaceship Earth is being refurbed. So who knows what it'll be when it opens back up. But I just thought that was interesting. Did any of you guys hear that when it was Walt? No, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's been since 1986, and what some of you guys weren't born, right? <laughs> that <was> my year. Miranda's being quiet.
2: Uh, <laughs> See,
0: I was two. <laughs> May 25th, 2018, was the premiere. I can't believe this was two years ago of Solo, a Star, star Wars story directed by Ron Howard. Does it feel like two years ago to you? No. Yes.
2: <laughs> but I love that movie and. It got a bad rap, I feel like. Ooh, That's a lot. But I I liked it. You liked it, Miranda? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I love the backstory of Han Solo and Chewie. It's just Sweet. so much fun. I
0: I didn't it's hear like, anything. who doesn't
2: like Woody Harrelson? Come on.
0: I know. I, I just feel like Nick just told us that, that it was coming out and then now it's been two years already. That sounds so crazy to me. But I think that's how everything goes. Great. May the 26th, 2017 was the new presentation, The Music of Pixar Live, A Symphony of Characters. It was at at Dollywood, oh my word. It was at Disney Hollywood Studios. And um, it presented three times nightly and it was staged at the Beauty and the Beast Theater. And it had tunes from Pixar scores, and from Toy Story and from, let's see, Pixar scores from Toy Story to the news car, New Cars 3. I'm getting tongue tied. I apologize. Did any of you see that? I didn't. No. Um, nope. We watched it on YouTube, but it was one of the things that they said it was a summer series and it was going really well and they ran it into the fall, but then they ended it before we got there in Christmas. So it's kind of bummed because that would be right up my family's musical alley. It was really cool. So if you have a chance to watch it on YouTube, the um, the music of Pixar Live Symphony of Characters. It was pretty good. So, May 27th, 1995. This was interesting to me, and I wanted to see how many of you guys knew this. Did you know that Casey's Corner in Magic Kingdom was not always Casey's Corner? Did not. It used to be the Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner. So, I have
1: pictures as a baby of me in front of, like, Coca-Cola Refreshment Corner.
2: There you go. So. Did you wonder where it went? Like, where... (laughs) listen I know that map I was like all right that's
1: Casey's corner
0: (laughs) I just thought that was crazy um but again I went in 90 when I was in college I know you guys were not even born or you were babies um (laughs) and staying in college and so I don't remember it then but when we came back it's always been Casey's corner and I always tell everybody on the left is Casey's corner if your kids like hot dogs mac and cheese you want to go there But yeah, since it changed in 1995, which was different. May 28th, 2014. Anybody take a guess what happened that day? (laughs) No. Finally, after five years of planning, they opened the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train Ride, which was a huge deal for Fantasyland. Uh, I I think it opened right a year and a half after Fantasyland officially opened.
1: I said, that is a huge deal.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, Because I don't know where Joey was, but he Cause he was nine when we first went but he forgot that they did the whole fantasyland thing he forgot all about toontown till we showed we were talking about pictures that we took there and we said we can show you pictures and he's like no i believe you he just didn't remember that's all he remembers is it being fantasyland as it is now so that was interesting to me uh may 29 2009 disney's pixar's up is generally released in north america and i love that movie i know but 11 years ago
1: Crazy. that doesn't seem yeah that no. feels much more recent
0: and I like that they still recognize it well and they keep it uh, alive at animal kingdom with that bird show mm-hmm. and the little thing where you can earn badges with um, Russell and Doug I don't yeah. I don't don't do that because they're adults but something to do if you take your kids there then may 30th of um, 1966. It was on Memorial Day that Disneyland threw a grand opening celebration for *It's a Small World*, that had been taken to the World's Fair in '64 and '65. So that was when they first did it, and um, it honored children all over the world, which I'm sure you guys know. But I don't know if you guys remember this or even if you listen to this specific podcast. But um, when they first started, Walt wanted the alma, or not the alma mater, the national anthem of each country mm-hmm. in each section. But he couldn't get it to a line like it was overlapping and did not sound good. And so someone, I think it was the Sherman Brothers, wrote the song. I could go back and look, but. Yep, this is um, Sherman The Sherman Brothers went and wrote a song so that it could be used in every country. And then they could just change the languages in It's a Small World, which is pretty cool. And the last one I have for this week is May 31st, 2019. Disneyland, Star Wars Galaxy Edge opened to the public for the first time. Did you go there much after that, Miranda? Were you able to go after it opened?
1: Mm-hmm. We so <laughs> we went in April and they opened in May, and then we went back in uh, September. So was <laughs> so it bad in hanging time. out by the wall? Let it? in.
2: You sound um, like my neighbors. They went. Um, to disney world right before galaxy's edge opened and their son kept trying to go stand by the wall and just like <laughs> wait for someone to like come out and say will you let me peek in <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no they don't let the disney magic out no
2: no, no no
0: and as a young college student i didn't realize that and we were behind the scenes we didn't know we weren't supposed to have cameras. No one had told us that at that point, and, and let's face it, what kind of cameras were there at that time, disc or film cameras. Get the film developed, right? Right. But we were behind the scenes before a parade started and somebody had their head off. And I wasn't even really taken, the picture wasn't there. It was a parade float. My friends were standing in front of it, but they're like, young lady, you can't have that. You can't give away the magic, and All I was like, right. "I'm so sorry, so ladies. Are you ready to tell it. us? You're totally top crazy." two attractions for each park, and everybody's different. I think most of us go to Disney World, but I know Miranda will have Disneyland conquered for us. I do. Yeah, so I'm I, ready.
2: This was really tough. Was it?
0: Yes. I gotta tell you, I have a three-way tie at Hollywood Studios. If that makes you feel any better.
2: Yes, we went... <laughs> in January, and Hollywood Studios went from being my least favorite to, like, my tie with Magic Kingdom, and I wanted to go back and back and back.
0: Yes, yeah, I can totally understand that. Alright, so Sarah, you want to kick us off? You could just tell us all yours, because I don't know how to do this when we're all going to have different parks. We'll sure! Talk. So, I'll
2: start off with Magic Kingdom, and I love, y'all, I, I love Adventureland, like it is my heart and soul. I lo- it's my favorite restaurant, Skipper Canteen. I love the look of everything. It's my favorite. So Pirates of the Caribbean is my number one in Magic Kingdom. I will stand in the queue. It's not a very I would say interesting cue, it's dark, you're inside, but something about the music, I love the music, the smell of the water, (laughs) you start getting that, I think it's the bromine smell, I just love it. And I remember when I was little going to Disney World and that was the only thing I wanted to ride was Pirates of the Caribbean, a little girl and my dad would put me on his shoulders because I was tired of walking and I made my dad stand in line for Pirates of the Caribbean, over. And over and over again. So definitely pirate. The second one, this was tough. I wanted to say I, I, I really fell in love with Seven Dwarves, but it had to go to Haunted Mansion. There's so much detail. You see something new every time. I can't get over the ballroom scene, but my absolute favorite part is Madame Leota and you hear Eleanor Audley's voice and she like my two favorite disney movies are sleeping beauty and cinderella and she does the villains she does maleficent and she does lady tremaine and her voice is just perfect so those are my magic kingdom ones i'm gonna move to epcot next and i had to go with Soren. i just if you haven't been on it i don't even know what to say the music in the queue you hear music from movies that It's just breathtaking and it reminds you of grandness and nothing else could get you more ready for the feeling of flying over the globe. Um, And then just when you get on the ride and it takes off and you, you go up and it immediately transports you in only a way that a Disney ride can. Absolutely my favorite there. And then the second attraction, I would have to say is World Showcase. I'm going to make that it's whole own attraction. <laughs> if that's no allowed. World, right? sure. I, you know, just walking around, you get to meet characters. You get to see Belle in her blue dress. And, you know, Mulan and Aurora. And my daughter Alice gets to meet Alice in a tea garden. And it's just anywhere you go. You can eat in a different country for lunch. You can, you know, and then go somewhere else for dinner or breakfast. It's so much fun. And then if there's a festival going on and you get to go to each country and experience what that country has to offer, you can't beat it. All right, so we're down to two, let's see. Next we'll go to Animal Kingdom. I have to say the Safari. My family loves it. You get to see so many animals and I've never been disappointed. We try to schedule time for that in the morning we feel like we see more animals in the morning. Yes. yes. So Vicki,
0: you agree with me. I tell you that even.
2: Yes, so I think if you schedule in the morning, you have a good bet at doing that. You, you learn so much and they do it in a really fun and interesting way. And then my second one is going to be Everest. And I think this is simply because of my last trip in January. My two little girls, I have a kindergartner and a second grader. And my kindergartner just turned into a roller coaster fanatic when we were there. We got to Animal Kingdom and we decided to rope drop Everest because we had a fast pass for Flight of Passage later in the day. So we run over to Everest and we get on. And she loved it, absolutely loved it. So she wanted to go on it again. So my older daughter and I go to the viewing area and she and my husband get in line again and we're waiting and waiting and waiting for them to come down and we're not seeing them and I'm thinking something has happened, like she she chickened out, she didn't want to go on it again and then here they come, I see her, my husband's 6'7 and then my 5 year old is obviously not 6'7 so there's a big height difference. Those little suckers had waited for the front row of the ride. And here comes my husband and my five-year-old arms up in the air and you can see them coming down. And I got the whole thing on video. Awesome. So I think that one just holds a really special place in my heart now. And I really enjoyed it. So it's going to be my second favorite. You might be wondering why I didn't pick Flight of Passage. And I'll say that it was a little blurry. We went on it and I was not impressed with the blurriness. We can talk about that some other time. And that leaves us with Hollywood Studios. So we did get to experience, yeah, this is tough. We did get to experience Rise of the Resistance and Millennium Falcon and all of Toy Story Land. We had two days of fun at Hollywood Studios on our last trip. And I ended up going with Millennium Falcon as my favorite simply because the queue is amazing. You get so many views of the Millennium Falcon when you're in line and it moved so quickly. And then you get inside and you get to see so much and there's always something to look at in a way that I don't see in other cues. They just outdone themselves with this cue. Then you get on the ride and it's so immersive and it's something your entire family can do. And I just, it was so much fun. I was a um, gunner, so I got to shoot things the whole time. And then my, I got to do that with my younger daughter and my husband and my older daughter were pilots, so she had fun trying to fly with him. And I found I want to try this out the next time. There's something you can do. Everybody has to do it together. If you do certain, pushing certain buttons, you can get it into Chewy mode. Yep. Yes, I'll have to get a group of people together so we can get it into Chewy mode. So all you hear is Chewy the whole time. And then I'll finish up with Slinky Dog Dash. What can I say? Toy Story Land is amazing, and Slinky Dog is just the epitome of a fun roller coaster. uh My kids loved it. I loved it. It's just fun. It's a good time, and that is what I'm looking for at Disney World: is to have fun and a good time, and
0: that does it. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of. There, yeah, I love all your descriptions too. Oh, God. <laughs> I Really thought that out. I was like, I I don't have all this. I'm glad you're going first. Oh no!
2: <laughs> all right, live up to the bar, ladies.
0: <laughs> all right, Miranda, tell us about okay. Disneyland.
1: So, right. yeah, it's not like uh, Disney World, but we so shame on me. We live in Colorado, so it's way easier to go to Disneyland than Disney World. However, the last time we were there was still a while ago in my book. We were there in 2018, so we didn't get to see Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios, so it was a very closed off park last time I was there. So for that reason, it's, it's hard for me to pick a couple things that I like, but the ones that I selected were Rock and Roller Coaster, simply because it's exclusive to Florida. And I just, I love it. It's fast, it's quick, it's so much fun. We're always screaming our heads off. And then I put down One Man's Dream. I love walking through that exhibit. It, yeah. It's so underrated and I feel so connected to Walt when I'm walking through that thing. I thought I was like, my husband was gonna hate it, but I was like, all right, we gotta go through this. He took longer to look at every plaque that I did so we're, like, taking pictures of each plaque, each item, like, it's just, it's the most that I feel connected to Walt. So I have to do One Man's Dream every time I'm in Hollywood Studios. Me too. Um, it's so good. For Epcot, Epcot's undergoing again, so many changes, but based on when I was there, um, Living Seas, I put down. I love the dolphin tank and the shows they do with the dolphins and having them select different shapes and playing with their hoops and stuff. Like, I can just sit in front of that tank all day. I've <laughs> watched dolphins. My second one is uh, living with the land. Um, my second one's living with the land. It's just a fun little boat ride, and I have a connection to it because when I was young, we did a uh, backstage, like behind the seeds tour. So I just every time we go on it, I see it from a different perspective, and the amount of work that goes into growing all those crops and such. Um, That's Nick's favorite. Yeah, it's it's so much. It's just relax. It's uh, relaxing, and I always look at that house (laughs) that belongs to Farmer Jones, and I'm like, I'm going to live there. (laughs) I'm going to move in. (laughs) It'll be really close to the park. (laughs) For Animal Kingdom, I have to copy Sarah in her selections with Safari. Same reasons, I just love seeing the animals in the morning. Or if you catch it during feeding time, right before they close, then they give the elephants these huge barrels of hay and you can see them real clear. And uh, Expedition Everest. And then for Magic Kingdom, I picked Journey of the Little Mermaid. Surprise. (laughs) I love the queue. I just, I love the ship when you're going through and um, the waterfall. And I love looking for the nautilus that's like shaped in the middle of it. I always have to take a picture of that. And then you gotta play with the crabs, and you gotta play the scuttle. Like, as a little mermaid fan, I, I love that queue. That's another place that I can just, you can park me there and I'd be content all day. And then I put down Thunder Mountain Railroad. Disneyland has a Thunder Mountain Railroad, but my memories of going on that roller coaster started in Disney World. So for that, I have to give Magic Kingdom the credit. Now on the West Coast, (laughs) California Adventure. I love this park so much. It was so hard for me to pick two things from this park. I put down Animation Academy because I love to draw and... I can just sit there and look at the screens as they play like the different movies, the scenes, and um, get to interact with the cast members and it's a little bit different than the one in um, old MGM was in the sense that it's more of a classroom style. So when you walk in there's a staircase, your animator is a little bit sectioned off from how you draw and you pick a paper, you go down the aisle and you get. I love it. We do it eight times when we're in the area. And then I put down Coaster, because that's another one you can just keep going on and on and on and on and on. It's on uh, Pixar Pier across from the, where you get fabulous lobster nachos. We could just sit on that coaster all day, it's so much fun. And then my honorable mention, I couldn't go without mentioning <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. We love this attraction. It is not for everybody. The sequence is way more random than your typical Tower of Terror. But if you're a Marvel fan, if you love Rocket, if you love technology, and if you love to scream your heads off, go on God, Guardians of the Galaxy. It can't be missed. And then for Disneyland, I put down Haunted Mansion. As my animal mention, I couldn't go without mentioning Haunted Mansion. Um, Astro Blasters. I love it in Disneyland because your gun actually disconnects from the seat so it's easier to shoot all the targets and it feels like more of a challenge because there's way more targets than the one in Disney World which I admit I've broken and can now hit (laughs) max. I've never hit the max in Disneyland so that's still my lifelong goal is to get over 100,000 because (laughs) it's impossible. And then my top for Disneyland is Parts of the Caribbean. Um, it's way longer than the one in Florida. It's way more immersive to me, and that's another one where I can just sit on the boat all day. <laughs> I love the smell, I love the scenes, it's my favorite. I made a button that I wear now for every trip, and it's like, but first, pirates, and I wear it like, proudly in all my pictures. So that's my top. Those are my top two slash honorable mentions for each park. <laughs>
2: that's awesome so Sarah have you ever been to Disneyland I have not I have I'm in North Carolina I'm about as far from Disneyland as you can get um but yeah I've always gone to Disney World and it's sort of a bucket list item to get out to Disneyland um but first I've got to get on my Disney cruise because that's next on the list gotcha
0: I was just thinking of you when she was talking about the pirates and that's all I've heard from that Lee's one of our loyal listeners and, um, uh, Amanda Francisco. I don't want to say the wrong name. And I probably just did. Um, they all talk about how pirates there is so much better. And even Nick will tell you that cause he's been there at least once, I think twice. Um, and it makes me want to go. Cause I do love pirates so much, but I'm going to enough about me and let miss Stephanie talk.
1: Okay. Um, so I've not been to Disneyland either. And also keep in mind I am new to Disney all things Disney like I took my first trip just a few years ago I had never been before so there's still a lot that I haven't been on because a lot of my trips I've either had a young infant with me or been pregnant for so I have been unfortunately unable to go on a lot of rides so keep that in mind when I give some of mine and actually really only keep that in mind when I do Epcot so I'll start there Epcot I love Frozen Ever After, that is, especially with children, like that's a must do. Um, but then I am going to put on there Sorin, even though I haven't been on it. I've done a ton of research on every single ride I haven't been on. I've, I've been on them virtually, and Soren I think would probably be one of my top rides if I had the chance to go on it. It is the first ride I will go on when I go back to the park, coming up here soon, but that's just, I could say a different ride that I have been on, but that was one that I'm like, no, I'm, I know I'm going to absolutely be in love with the ride store. so I just went ahead and put that on my list anyways. So over at Animal Kingdom, this one was my easiest to do. Animal Kingdom is one of my favorite parks. And I also love the safari ride. I try not to go there within the very first hour just because it is such a long ride that you can always go on a whole bunch of rides like when you rope drop. Um, So I try and do several other rides with shorter lines that don't take as long, and then I go on it the very next hour. So if it it opens at eight, I go on it at nine. So then also Flight of Passage, which is my all-time favorite ride just at any of the parks. Flight of Passage was one that just, it blew me away. I I cannot get over how incredible it was. And Sarah, I'm sorry that you had a bad experience with it and yours was blurry. I think you must have had something
2: wrong with your particular (laughs) headset or... I should say that I am blind in my left eye. You would not know this, but um, you know how if you were trying to look at it without the glasses on. Right, it's exactly. It's like that, and huh. yeah, that's the best. Well, that yeah, would totally I take away from the experience
1: because yeah. it does. It's it's fully immersive when you when you have clear glasses, I guess, because I thought I was there, like I was. One of the ones screaming when different things were happening. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, Which is why I think I like swords so much because it's kind of one of those same same thing right there, hand to hand. Magic Kingdom Jungle Cruise is one of my, it's my second favorite ride. I love Jungle Cruise. And then I had a hard time picking just because there's so many in Magic Kingdom. And I almost went to go with an underdog. And so I was choosing between Small World or People Mover because those are like my go-to. I just, I'm gonna go to every single time in the park. I will not skip either of those rides. And it's just, let's sit down, the line's not too long on either of them, and I can just sit and relax. I don't get annoyed with It's a Small World on repeat. And then at the Hollywood Studios, also totally unfair because I haven't gone since all of the Star Wars stuff was in. I mean, I've done Star Tours, which I went ahead and put on my list. It is still a good ride.
2: Like that one, it was still I love fun. Star Tours. So you are going to save the day at the end. And I love, my husband and I love how they tie that in. So I almost picked Star Tours instead of um, Millennium Falcon Stephanie. So I'm right there with you. Really? Yes. Okay, well, I was thinking, man,
1: like if I like Star
2: Tours, <laughs> like,
1: and that's my top, li- on my top list at Hollywood Studios, I just can't even imagine that when I could ride the other one, what I'll feel about those. So that makes me feel good. They're all um, special in their own way. Yeah. And then my other one is Tower of Terror. I like these a little bit scared on a thrill ride so um, I do like Tower of Terror and it, the just the whole experience in
0: the queue it is a lot of fun. So that's fine. Vicky um, some of them of mine will double up with you guys. I had a really hard time. I will start with Magic Kingdom, uh, Seven Dwarfs, Mind Train. I have lots of reasons that I like this, but if you ever saw the pictures from, I don't know how long ago, but a few years back, we posted a picture of our friend that Nick and I both have. Imagine a six foot five man being scared of Seven Dwarfs, Mind Train. Just Josiah, if you're listening, please do not tell your dad I said this. So we posted a picture. He looks like he's about to go to the bathroom in his pants. His face is just in shock. And every time I ride that ride, that's what I think of is how excited his four-year-old was to be riding the ride screaming and raising her hands. And his face looked like he was going to die. And he kept telling my husband, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you because brad doesn't really do roller coasters but he doesn't consider that like a roller coaster like exodus and so um i think that it just brings me so much joy to think back to that moment a little girl and then the father this big burly man not liking the ride as much and then <laughs> I'm with two of you guys i love the jungle cruise i know that it's cheesy joke i can probably recite the entire script even at christmas time because it's different i don't know i love the corny of it and i love how some of them make it their own, even though a lot of the script is the same, they'll throw in a couple singers zingers of their own. And so I just think it makes it extra fun. And then um, at Epcot, of course, Thorin, um, I had a really hard time with the next one because there aren't a lot of rides. And I do love living on the land like Nick does, but I don't know if they consider Skyliner part of the ride, but we used it as a ride this time, the new Skyliner. We got on it and were able to see above the World Showcase. And then it took you above the two resorts. And then we got on it again and came back. We used it as a ride. So I guess my honorable mention there would be Frozen. I've only rode it three or four, three times. Three times, I think. Both times I messed up and had funky faces. One had a funky face and one had my phone (laughs) in front of me. So the pictures are hilarious. See, Hollywood Studios, this was the hardest one for me because like one of you guys said a couple years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of anything and now I feel like there's so much. You don't know what to choose from. But I will say that Rock and Roller Coaster is a family favorite forever and ever and ever. And another family favorite is Toy Story Midway Mania. We love to, we have the Nintendo game, and we love to compete against each other and see who. I never win, so I don't know why I even act like I'm going to compete, but I just love the um, competitiveness between my family and seeing the scores. I love Slinky Dog Dog Dash, so I feel like it needs to be my honorable mention just because I do love it but I think that the um, Toy Story Midway Mania, those two hold memories for me as a family because Brad doesn't usually like roller coasters and how much he loves rock and roller Coaster, Like he can't wait to get on it. He gets so excited. And then my last park is Animal Kingdom. I agree um, with Flight of Passage, and I'm going back and forth between Kilimanjaro and Expedition Everest, but I think I'm going with Kilimanjaro, because like you guys said, if you go there in the morning, you get some amazing pictures of some amazing animals, and we have a really cool zoo in St. Louis. Not that it's open right now, but it will be soon. But we can't ride around the zoo in a jeep and see them in their natural habitats, which is what makes Kilimanjaro so cool, but... This was really fun, and thank you, Miranda, for suggesting it. It was Miranda's suggestion to do that, but... Thank you guys for being on, and I know you'll be on with us again soon. Um, Listeners, if we didn't tell you, I don't know, we are going to have, um, like, Steph and Nick and I will probably be on regularly, and then we'll have two of our colleagues from Your Story Travel on with us as well, just so you can get some different perspectives, because obviously you got Sarah from North Carolina, who's got her views from even as a child, and then Miranda is over in Colorado. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. yeah you in colorado and on the west coast and so she can give us more of a disneyland perspective and then we'll just hang out in the midwest and 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 support the midwest <laughs> part over here stuff right yeah midwest <laughs> yeah no ocean <laughs> landlocked no mountains thanks for listening to us and if you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or if you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote contact us at yourstorytravel.com you can check us out on our social media accounts yourstorytravel.com or facebook page the Mousecapades Podcast, and on our twitter page Pod.
1: And to get that free, no obligation quote, you have to email us at yourstorytravel.com and be sure to listen to Friday's show as Vicki and Kaylee share the 14 real life settings for Disney animated film settings. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast.
0: Well, girls, thanks for joining us and I think it's about that time. Disney love. Still inspire.
2: May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friend.